Okay. <laughs> we are ready to go. Welcome to What's Good Games. I'm Andrea Renee, joined as always by my lovely panel of co-hosts, Miss Alexa Ray. Hey, girl. Hey. Welcome back. Yeah. It's good to be back. I'm Yay. alive. Let's be alive. It's good to good have to you back. Alive. I'm glad you feel better. Me we, too. we missed you last week. I missed you guys so much. Everybody out there missed you as well. Aww. And of course, we're joined remotely by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. I love this new change of scenery that you have going on. Yes. It's... I would say back in my childhood bedroom, but this is not my childhood bedroom. I don't know whose childhood bedroom this was, but it wasn't mine. I also love your lip color. Oh, thank Beautiful you. Beautiful shade of red. <laughs> we'll have thank to keep you. track of which lip color you wear every week in the comments. Um, of course, we are also joined by uh, Ms. Brittany Brombacher. Welcome Hello. back, lady. Thank you. Just FYI, I, Christine is making me laugh a lot today. I don't know why. I'm, I'm just laughing That's so good. hard at everything she's doing. Really? <laughs> Yes. That's, 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 that's I'm not perfect, even doing though. anything. Laughs are great. Yeah. Never be afraid to laugh. Never. Are you laughing um, at me, though, so, like in a bad way? No. Well, maybe. No. That's okay. You're good. Don't be sad about it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, so this week is a really exciting week. Um, today, we are recording on June 1st, so that means it is our first month of having official patrons. Thank you so much to everybody who is part of our Patreon community. We wouldn't be here without you. We are so grateful for all of the support that you have given us. Um, so if you guys are not part of our Patreon community, you can get in it at patreon.com slash what's good games. Because it is our first month of giving our shout outs to our turbo patrons and our upper level reward patrons, we do have a little bit of a long list of people that we need to thank at the top of this episode. But hopefully you guys will bear with us because these people are um, – fantastic for supporting us you know at that turbo patron level or above so i have a bunch of names here i'm going to do my best to not mess up <laughs> we believe in you these names i apologize in advance if i mispronounce your name please feel free to cor correct me in uh, the patreon post in a youtube comment on twitter on facebook wherever you feel the need to say yo andrea you fucked up my name. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I want to start with thanking our two sponsors. Uh, first, we have Take This. That is the charity that we talked about last week. They were at MomoCon. So Take This is a mental health awareness um, charity. And we are really grateful to be working with them. They do fantastic work. And we hope that we're going to be able to get to do some good work together. So thank you to that organization for supporting us. We also have a sponsor in Alex Rogopoulos. AKA the, the Dump Lord. <laughs> so when we saw that he was um, coming on board to support us, I got really excited. I am a gigantic 
Harmonics fan. So Alex Rogopoulos is one of the co-founders of Harmonics. Of course, you probably know them from rock band fame. They also created Guitar Hero. They created Dance Central, a bunch of other really cool games. Um, Frequency, my personal favorite. And um, the name The Dump Lord came oh about <laughs> because of the Amplitude Kickstarter where he was posing as somebody in the Harmonics forums who wanted uh, Harmonics to remake Amplitude. Turns out it was the guy who founded Harmonics. So, <laughs> so funny. It was a really funny bit. Um, so we really appreciate his support. So thank you so much for that as well. Um, and another shout out to WGG producer Lincoln Davis. Thank you for supporting us at the show. Uh, we haven't quite decided uh, what his topic is going to be yet, but we are working on it and we will bring that to you guys soon. So now we have the long list of all of our awesome Turbo patrons. You guys are fantastic. Thank you again. Um, and here we go. This is quite a long list of names, but here's go, your go, official shout-out. list. All right, here we go. First up, Kyle Heyman, Gilbert Zavala Jr., Professor Metal Gear. That doesn't seem like a real name. <laughs> Doug DeShazer. DeShazer? I don't know. Tom Bach. David Iacolucci. Iacolucci. That's good. Lincoln Thurber. Benjamin Pardue. Tara Bruno. Oh, we love Tara. Tara. Hi, Tara. Uh, Dennis Hampton. <laughs> Brandon Nichols. Stephen McPherson. Just Josh. It literally just says <laughs> Josh. Just Josh. Eric Ginn, or Jin, maybe. Uh, Stephen Insler. Stage of Development, which is a fantastic uh, production that focuses on how video games are made. That's mm. cool. Um, Bas Patterson. Christopher Galloway. Sean P. Malloy. John Drake. John Drake. I don't know who that is. Juan Iobo or Lobo, maybe. Uh, Just Jason. Uh, Hopefully, it's not friend of the 13th, Jason. (laughs) Uh, Danny O'Dwyer, which is fantastic. Friend of the show. He also has his own Patreon at No Clips. So that's patreon.com slash Danny O'Dwyer. He does video game documentaries. So if you guys want to check out some other cool content, please head over to his page as well. Um, Adam Rapone, which is very nice. Stephanie Fitzwilliam, who is a brand new mama. She just had a baby. Congrats. 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 Uh, Adam. Adam who? I don't just know. Adam. It's just, just yeah, Adam. Just Adam. Harrison Pink. Stephen Lynn. Brotherhood 93, which feels like a screen name. <laughs> um, Pear Kilstofte. Kilstofte. Uh, Mike Lynch. Lindsay Kelsey. Anthony Murphy. Stephen Chong. Cher Stewart. Thank you, Cher. Oswaldo Sandoval. Ooh, I love that name. Ethan Anderson, Greg Fletcher, Mike Murphy, William Zimmerman, Elijah Steele, Duncan Stanley. The Dunkman. We are working with to come up with some cool merchandise for you guys eventually. We're we're prototyping. Um, <laughs> we've got Joe Schleff. Schleff? Joe Schleff. Annette Gonzalez. Woo! Amgo. Christian Rodriguez. Troy. Molly Bittner. Ron Mann. Adam Boys. Adam oh, Iron Galaxy hey. fame. And Tracy Enert. Hi, Mom. Us. Thanks, Mom. Your mom's so I cool. I think um, the just single name patrons need to be just whatever their name is. Like, just Troy. Just Adam. Just Josh. Yeah. Just and also, Josh. just FYI, if you're wondering, if you're like, wait, that was me. You need to put your name into Patreon for us to know it. Like, all if a lot of those people just didn't have a last name and put it to Patreon, so. You are now just Troy. Like or Madonna. just Josh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Cher. You never know. Josh. Josh. Um, Just so thank Josh. you again to all of you um, 
we will be posting on our Patreon page about all of the exclusive rewards that we have there. That's exclusive streams, exclusive videos, all that stuff. That's just for our patrons. If you guys, again, want to learn more, that's patreon.com slash Games. Okay, now it's time for the show. It's pre Pre E three, pre three, meaning it's not th- it's not next week. It's the week after. So we have tons of news. Tons of leaks are finally happening um, that we're getting confirmations on. I mean, uh, we have all kinds of discussions to be had. So let's just go ahead and get right to. It. We actually had a little bit of breaking news right before breaking news. We started the show. Let's Ray, lay it on us. So Nintendo, Nintendo, when they announced the Switch, were talking. Thank you. Hold on, let me fix this. Keep um, they said that they wanted to do like an online an online service where you could uh, play classic games and use online services. The online service will cost twenty dollars a year, which is a pretty good deal, and will launch at some point next year. Um, you can get a one month sub for four dollars or a three month sub for eight. Um, it will not have voice chat or online lobby features. Those are only available via a smartphone app that will launch this summer. Seems a little weird. What the hell? Um, and they did confirm with my good friend Jason Schreier over at Kotaku that um, Nintendo Switch Online subscribers will have ongoing access to a library of Nintendo classics with online play. Um, and users can play as many of the games they want, as often as they like, whenever they want, as long as they have an active subscription. Wait, so is that like virtual console? So it's like console? PlayStation Now, but now it's, it's like, virtual console, and PlayStation Now had a baby? Something something like that. <laughs> okay. uh, we don't know if this, re- this will replace Nintendo's virtual console, because virtual console is um, you buy and you download mm-hmm. them, but these, you will be able to just play the games without downloading them. So streaming, streaming them? them outright? Not... I mean, it has to be streaming. streaming it has to be streaming. It, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't specify. But ongoing access to a library of classic games. So maybe it is download or streaming. Um, it will launch with SNES games only, and Super NES games are under consideration. And I'm assuming everything from every other console after that is also under consideration. So that broke today. Just do it. I'm under consideration. My ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it, Nintendo. Yeah. What do you think, Britt, as the resident Nintendo super fan? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just kind of baffled about this smartphone shenanigans. Like, yeah, it's such weird. a Nintendo thing to be like, hey, we're not going to do something in a way that's been proven and tried and works really well. We're going to create a smartphone app. Ah, Nintendo. Uh, so I just heard about this just now, Alexa, when you told me. So I'm processing it. <laughs> so, because something people have always complained about when it comes to these virtual console situations is, okay, so on the Wii, I bought Chrono Trigger. On the Wii U, I had to buy Chrono Trigger. Am I going to have to buy it again, or am I going to have to pay so I can stream it? So I'm just kind of, like, calculating where that all fits in. So that's Wait, you had to buy right it now. twice? That's some bullshit. And, like, unless, you, <laughs> unless you, like, transferred, did, like, the whole, like, digital download memory transfer shenanigans. Mm. But that's a pain mm. in the ass. And it's kind I'm going to mark Simpson. Word for it. Mm. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> so mm. that's my initial I'm still kind of confused. Maybe I missed the explanation about what the app is for. For the app on the smartphone is for online matchmaking. So lobby features and chat because there's no actual... Chat. chat and something they also announced today. I don't know if any of you saw it. There's an official chat headset just for 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 Splatoon, 
But in order to hook it up to your switch, you need to hook it up into like a a third party thing and then hook it up into your phone and then also hook it to the switch. And it requires like four cords. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand why Nintendo can't just do chat. I understand family console, dick pics, angry people online. I get the I get the thinking. But no, I mean, no, that's just PlayStation and Xbox have have, you know, things that keep you know, mature content out of the hands of young people. I mean, that's why parental controls exist on both of those consoles. Yep. I just, if you're going to use a third-party app, I mean, why wouldn't you just use, like, Discord? If I mean, if you if you have to have another device with another set of cords in order to have chat while you're playing online with somebody, like, what's the point of using Nintendo's app? Because, I mean... Let's be honest. Is Nintendo really going to nail this? No. No, no. no way, right? <laughs> no. And I, oh. <laughs> uh, I love Nintendo, and I always love Nintendo, and I will always be at midnight launches for Nintendo, but I just don't fucking understand what they're thinking half of the time. I don't know I why they don't. keep trying to, like, reinvent the wheel. Like, it's, everyone's already done this. Like, just right. literally copy them. That's all you need to do. Just copy <sighs> them. Just use somebody else's Stop using friend exists. codes. Yeah. Like, build a real system. Just do it. Yeah, it turns people off, and people don't end up using the system because it's so inconvenient compared to what's already out there. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Nintendo. And I don't have to pay for Discord. Right. Also true. Like, it's free. Twenty, (laughs) An extra $20 a year. Like, I know PlayStation PlayStation Plus now has sort of, like, the gated the online features for a lot of games, but I don't... I can't justify paying $20 a year for an online service that also requires me to have an app on my phone in order for me to use any of the stuff I would actually use it for, which would be being able to communicate with my friends while we play Splatoon online. You'd have to. So th- I do- yeah, you have to just think of it as you're not paying $20 a year for that. You ha- you're paying $20 a year to access a virtual console, basically. So, I mean, so that twenty dollars includes is part of the is the subscription to access these games as well. Yeah, or yeah. it's four dollars per month or eight dollars for three months. Wait, I'm confused. I mean, I mean, these are like two separate year subscriptions, like or is the same? It's the same, but okay. if you don't want to subscribe for a year, like if you just yeah. want to try it out for a month, it's four bucks. Got it. Well, I mean, you know, Xbox Live Gold and PlayStation Plus are ten. Both, ha- I mean, they both have like the monthly or the three month or whatever options if you don't want to do the yearly subscription. But right, um, I, I mean, to I be know. fair, I, 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 I think, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just going to be like Nintendo, blah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all feel oh, away. Bright side of things. So when this system or this whole program comes to be, if it's going to be Super Nintendo games, you won't be playing those online anyway. So True I'm trying to be like, okay, you know, it's all right. If you really want to play online, go through your 15 cords and your 18 apps and your microtransactions to use the apps and then go for it. But if I want to play like Breath of Fire or something, then I don't need it. And I'm I think happy. For, for most of the games on this service, you don't need it. And for honestly, for most Nintendo games, you don't really need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... I don't. Yeah, that's why. Like, I don't think I would think of it the way Alexa said. It's like twenty dollars a year for an online service. That's not what it is for me. It's like it's twenty dollars a year to access old games. Yeah, which I mean that doesn't that's sound really that bad yeah. to me. Twenty dollars a year no. is not that much. The pricing so, model is fine, like, but it's yeah. the smartphone thing. I'm just like, why? yeah, the smartphone thing is just baffling. You're like, what? <laughs> I yeah, I don't understand why you need another. You need an, an additional app for the for like lobbies. 
Well, but it's on your phone and you, not on the actual console. You need I it don't because they didn't build it into the architecture which, of the Switch. Why right? didn't like, you? They, that's why? why you need it. Because Nintendo, the vast majority that, of Nintendo games, as as Britt said, are not multiplayer online games that require you to have chat with people, right? I mean, the vast I know, majority but of Nintendo games still... are either local multiplayer or they're single player. I know, but still. Family friendly. Would it have been that hard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll hopefully find out some more nitty gritty details about that service and other things that Goodbye Nintendo forever. is bringing <laughs> <laughs> um, At E3, we will be talking about some Nintendo stuff later up in the show. We will have some E3 wish list items and prediction type things, things we would like to see. Um, but we have more news. Yeah. The Ooh. news that kind of makes me a little sad. Middle Earth Shadow of War has been delayed two months to October. So this isn't like the most dire of news. I no. think it's still coming out this year. It's now moved from August 22nd. It will now be on October 10th. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a specific reason given apart from Monolith's desire to deliver the High, highest, highest quality, quality experience. experience. I'm wondering Which, if this was, was like a publishing oops versus a development oops. Because no, usually shorter, like shorter, thing, right? shorter delays like this usually make me think like, "Oops, we forgot to like, <laughs> we forgot to plan out a global release or something like." Because I've I've seen that happen before. Where whereas I think development pushes are usually a little longer because two months you're really not able to do that much with unless it really needed like the most minute of of polish on it. Um, I don't know. I think in that case it could have just been a patch, but. It it could be that when they announced it, they knew that they wanted it to come out later, but they announced for August to wait and see what else was coming out for the rest uh, of the AKA year. AKA Red that Dead before they're like, mm. oh no, it's uh, it's October tenth. I've I've uh, I've heard of friends at other other studios using that tactic before, not very often, but. Everybody kind of wants to know when everybody else is coming out first before mm-hmm. they pull the plug, like or not, pull the trigger. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like movies where all of that stuff is planned years in advance right. and like the release dates are set and everybody knows. For for games like those release dates are slippery little suckers. They just come and go, you know. <laughs> they sure do. Can't can't get them. Yeah, no. like South Park. Like South Park. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of a slippery. <laughs> so that wasn't a segue. I don't actually have a segue to a South no. Park. But also, like, sorry, guys. <laughs> Shadow of Mortar was really good. And honestly, that studio can take as much time as they need. Yes. So, please. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for do that. Do what game. you got to do. That, is, um, that game is a very high on my to play list. I have to admit, I have not played it yet, but I know I would love it. I know I would love it. I just have to do oh, it's it. Super I, fun. I actually 100% of it. System. And I don't really oh, 100% dang. games. You go, so. girl. Yeah, it was fun. Britt, get on it. It's great. Yeah. All right, next story. The new Assassin's Creed character has leaked. Surprise, surprise. What was that, Britt? Bayek. That's the real name. That is his name. B-A-Y-E-K. That's quite a name. The photo that we see um, is, uh, so the new protagonist is named Bayek, according to the t-shirt pictured below. The photo was first published by a Facebook fan page and then shared to Reddit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this looks like a pretty, I mean, just from this t-shirt image, it looks like a pretty generic Assassin's Creed character. He's got the hood. He's got the gauntlets. He's, he's holding a bow. a bow and arrow. He's got a shield. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, veiny like, arm muscles. You know, <laughs> yes, he, he lifts, looks bro. like he's a man. Um, not surprising. Somebody once I was talking to somebody earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday. It was like, oh, I've heard that the new Assassin's Creed lead character is going to be a woman. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. lol, no, that's never happening. Um, <laughs> really, but um, it, it's We're just, hard to you know, animate. It's, Abilene. Yeah, I mean, those lady and then parts. Evie, they, they move so weird. I love the Assassin's Creed team. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of what they do. I'm a big fan of this franchise uh, and these games. So uh, I'm excited to learn more about it. Obviously, they've been trying to hold everything secret until their press conference at E3. This came out. I don't think it's a big deal to me. Like, I don't care if these little pieces of information leak because I really just want to see a nice, lengthy gameplay demo on stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would love another a, a game. A gameplay demo or a really excellent movie like the year they announced syndicate and they had that really elaborate like music video trailer mm-hmm. where like the horses drove off the bridge and like oh, all that be another other stuff one. ubisoft loves their they love that dubstep how many, how many horses <laughs> will be sacrificed in this year's assassin's creed trailer drop them the one for oh do you remember the one for assassin's creed 3 mm-hmm. they had that imagine dragon song yes that was, like, so epic no. They do know how to make no a good one? Assassin's Creed trailer. Okay, I'm just excited about well, the ancient Egypt setting. To me, that's very, very exciting. Yes, thank you for not putting it in Europe yet again. Europe is going to be somewhere in Europe. I was going to snooze, snooze right <laughs> through this title. I'm going to snooze. Um, <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Ugh, boring. Another European title. <gasps> Sorry, European <laughs> fans out there. Nothing against Europe. Europe is a wonderful place. They just sure need is. a little change of pace. Just need exactly. Still waiting. Yeah. For my feudal Japan Assassin's Creed, <gasps> yeah, I'm Still sure. Waiting. I'm sure well, one day they'll get around the, to it. The the 2D platformer yeah, titles, yeah. the Assassin's Creed titles, they were actually pretty good. But it's not oh, real. I want that. No, it's not the same. She wants to same. like run around on buildings and shit. You can do that yeah. in any Assassin's I mean, Creed. You were not in the two, not the 2D platformer. It's not as exciting. Yeah, you were. I mean, you weren't okay. It's not. You know, it's not like the same feeling. Of course not, because it's 2D, it's not 3D. It's like it was Mario. Like 5D, it's like Mario. <laughs> 2.5D. Okay, so um, moving on. Um, Pokemon Go. You guys, anyone still playing Pokemon Go? My no. sister. I tried. I, tried I played a lot of it when it first came out. But so did I, I played I a lot of first close, too, yeah. I think I spent close to $1,000, honestly, playing Pokemon <gasps> Go. What? Wait, what? what? No. One thousand? That's Probably, you're exaggerating. Get this, out of here! This this is, no, no, I no, no. I haven't counted, but I would say a healthy range of eight hundred to a thousand. It was literally an addiction. No, I know, I know, I know. Don't, don't you can actually judge me. It's fine. Go ahead. You no, biddies got on me about spending one hundred and sixty dollars in no, fire jobs, and listen, you spent eight hundred dollars. No, go. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't even realize it. I didn't. I was like, oh, I need incense. Oh, I need this. It was really bad. But how I justified it, and now looking back on it, it's fucked up. Is it would get me outside for literally three to five hours a day and I was walking around it was the most active I'd ever been I lost like 10 pounds I'm like you know what this is something it's hard for me to do and I would rather pay $800 and lose 10 pounds and then I don't know to me it was worth it it was worth the price tag looking back on it I could have easily accomplished that for free I don't even think like Jenny Craig would have cost you $800 to lose 10 pounds just just saying saying. no Jenny Craig's expensive girl but it wouldn't be $800 I mean maybe it would I don't know okay well that's great though Brett I'm glad no here's the thing I don't want you to feel like we're giving you a hard time I am (laughs) hear me out hear me out because 
Video, I'm a firm believer that the money you spend on games is all about the value that you get in return for it. And if you enjoyed all of those hours that you played it and you buying those products within that game contributed to your enjoyment of that time with that product, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. This is why free-to-play games are so popular. And it's not because it's shit content, even though there are plenty of crappy free-to-play games out there. there But like a game like Pokemon Go from Niantic clearly created a fun, addicting experience that was very interactive and got millions of people around the world into this community together. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with the fact that you spent that kind of money in that game because you're like, hey, I had a great time playing that game. So hats off to you. And something that you love. That you is, gave me so much that's shit. A good point. No, that's the thing. I'm like, no, but she gave Alexa shit for spending $160. So that's the only part where I'm like, no, no, Brittany. Wait, no, no, no. Here's the difference, though. No, no. She was spending it on like RNG shit, though. It doesn't matter. She can spend it right, her yeah. money on what I she wants to spend her money on. That, no, that <laughs> stuff. That stuff makes me angry. Because you don't like card packs? I hate, it's pretty bad. I hate the fact. I don't think there's anything wrong with buying content in games. Charging for cosmetic items, buying, you know, packs for treasure, whatever, right? In-game currency. When when a developer says, you have to give me money, and then I'm not going to tell you what you're going to get. It's yeah. going to be a it's random It's literally role. a card pack. You have no idea what it's going to be. And there's some games don't have systems in place that prevent you from getting the things that you've already have in your inventory. And yep. that is even worse this was a big problem of mine yeah. with the original <laughs> multiplayer in Mass Effect 3. They fixed a couple a couple things with the microtransactions for Andromeda, but RNG is a whole other conversation for another time. As we a woman, even gotten to the with news the entire yet, you guys. pack of Lion King trading cards, <laughs> I mean... Trading cards are the worst offender. They were probably the original that's, offender. That is. Right? That's what, and that's literally what they're based on. Everything is now based on those trading card games from when we were kids. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so there's actually news associated with oh, this. Yeah. Yes, Pokemon <laughs> Go. An interview with a Brazilian outlet with a member of Niantic, the mobile games developer, suggests the multiplayer and legendary monsters are on the way, according to Polygon. Finally. Um. So what um, the vice president of strategic partnerships at Niantic told them, told O Globo, excuse me, Because of the great success, we had to postpone some new features that were planned. Now we are working on some new features for next summer in the Northern Hemisphere about how to give more value to the choice of the teams, the release of legendary Pokemon, and battles between players. So, Britt, as clearly the resident Pokemon (laughs) Go expert. I'm just a sucker who spent too much money, but go ahead. (laughs) Are you you excited about this news, or are you like, meh, my time is over? Meh, my time is over, kind of. So... When, when Pokemon Go first came out, it was obviously super addicting and super fun. And I spent a lot of money and I got out more than I ever had. I met some people actually like outside downtown walking around. It was great. I burned out because there weren't any more Pokemon for me to find. And if I wanted to catch a new Pokemon, I'd have to drive about 30 minutes away from my house. I live on four acres, so I get Pidgeys and Caterpies and that's my life. So I'd have to go to populated the areas. Power level. Just start a Pidgey farm. I should, right? Pidgey farm. Pidgeys are essential. They are. Pidgeys. You do. They're very expendable. Um, And so I always thought once Niantic implements new Pokemon, I'll become re-addicted. It'll be fun. I'll spend another $800. Yay. Uh, So they did recently. I think it was 60 new Pokemon they released not that long ago, or 60 or so. 
And I try to get back into it, but for some reason, it just didn't have that same spark. No one else is out walking around like they were when it first came out. That community factor feels like it's gone. And I think a lot of that has to do with the gameplay of Pokemon Go. It's so it's simple, which is good, but it's it's too simple. It's shallow. yeah, yeah. Like gym battles, it's just that you just tap the screen and you win. There's no real strategy involved. And I think for me to get really involved, give me a buttload of new Pokemon, update the strategy component of it, give me multiplayer battles, give me trading. But like real multiplayer battles. Like yeah, the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like my yeah. fear would be like, they're like, multiplayer battles, but it's the same thing as the gym. <laughs> so like you're right. not even really doing anything. No, you're make, like, make well, what like is the, the gameplay battles. As much as you can. I know there's limitations yeah. uh, because of what the app is and how it operates. But... Implement that strategy, and Fix I think I'd them. give it another shot. Yeah, <laughs> when it's been eight hundred dollars again. But. Yeah, if if it you know if they gave us multiplayer battles that are similar to what you can play on your DS, I would download the game again in a in a heartbeat. I love Pokemon. I would love to play the game more, but I just it was too shallow. So I played it for a while when it came out. Did did not spend eight hundred dollars, <laughs> but I still but really did you liked lose it. Ten pounds, Steimer. But did you lose ten pounds? Uh, you know, I can't Just say kidding. that I did. Can't <laughs> say that I did. So you got me there. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah. So like, I I would like for them to win me back over. I like the idea of it. Um, mm-hmm. And my sister would finally shut up because she still plays and wants me to play with her. Um, but so that'd be good. We could bond over that again, like we did when we were kids. Yeah, that's right, Matt. Pokemon, barf. All right. Barf. Well. Oh. <laughs> That went a little. So now we know how Alexa feels about I, it. I, I when when they introduced a Pokemon that was a literal bag of trash, I checked out. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's they, like, and now there's like Pokemon. a haunted sandcastle and a key ring. Like I'm done. I mean, it's, it, it's tricky. Is this your first time playing Pokemon? No, I played them all the time as I kids. Feel like they're all. It's always been like that. Yeah. No. Red and blue I, had I was good okay. ones. They're getting yeah desperate. when they were like. They were like animals. They were like actual animals. Uh, and now there's like a, Porygon, a it's a haunted like sandcastle. Metal. Who builds the sandcastle? Do the sandcastles give birth to other sandcastles? If it's an organic they build creature, other sandcastles cl- out of sand. With what hands? They don't have they, hands. They're all haunted. They're made sand of sand castle. and they're haunted. They can make hands temporarily <laughs> to reproduce. <laughs> then they will make baby sandcastles that will grow up into real sandcastles, or they'll just. <gasps> You said they're haunted, so they murder people. They murder people, oh, and then that soul becomes the new haunted sandcastle. Done. That's Man, how it works. I've never wanted a sequence of this podcast <laughs> animated more than the one that just happened. <laughs> the reproduction of the haunted sandcastle Pokemon. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. You guys, um, you guys can workshop this uh, concept later. See you guys yeah. next week. We have more news to get to before the end of this block. And we're already ru- running long. So um, we're not going to talk about this much because we're going to talk about it later in the hands-on section. But Life is Strange from Don't Nod and Square Enix. Um, they announced, the developer announced last week, uh, or maybe it was two weeks ago now, that Life is Strange 2 is in development and on the way. But it turns out some other things are potentially in the works as well because some screenshots got leaked 
and it looks like it could potentially be a prequel. Good. So um, they're the good. Company, a new company was announced, Deck Nine, that used mm-hmm. to be a group of developers um, at another company, and an enterprising young internet sleuth decided to dig around in their source code on their website and found these images. So they, of course, since have been removed. The website was taken down, but the images are now out in the wild, and it looks like. It's from Chloe and Max, the two kind of protagonists of this story uh, from their high school days. So um, their earlier high school days, her senior year, I believe it said. But um, I think this is exciting. We're going to talk about Life is Strange later because um, I just finished it. Um, and um, But yeah, so that's some news. I just wanted to say yeah. that news real quick and then we'll touch into that later. But Next just to clarify, story. sorry, I yes. think um, Life is Strange actually takes place when Max is already a senior. Yeah, I was so about I to the, say, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, it, Yeah, because isn't the prequel, aren't they saying the prequel is about... Rachel uh, Amber and Chloe. About Rachel Amber. Ah. I mean, we don't, no one has, nothing has been officially announced. These are all based off of the screenshots that have leaked, which show Rachel and Chloe together. So the thought is that the prequel will discover Rachel and Chloe's uh, friendship before Max and Chloe reunite. That makes more sense to me. I'm also like, that was one of the most like intriguing mysteries of that game. Like I want to see Chloe and Rachel together. Yeah. Yeah, Who is this Rachel girl anyway? Um, Okay, cool. So we'll talk more about Life is Strange a little bit later on in the show. Um, Two more quick news stories. So I'm not going to go through the entire roster, but the Marvel versus Capcom Infinite roster was leaked. I don't think this is surprising to anyone. The, these kind this of leaks all the time. rosters happen, yeah, quite frequently. Uh, we're not going to go over them here. If you want to seek them out, it is available to you if you want to see all of the uh, people that you're going to be able to fight. I have no doubt that we will see more from this game at E3. Um, so we will, you know, hopefully be able to talk more about it in a couple of weeks. The last story that I wanted to touch on was the Xbox Game Pass. It's officially launched. So we were talking about Nintendo's uh, game service, but Xbox um, is officially out in the wild. You can download it and start playing games now. Ladies, what do you think about the, uh, the Xbox Game Pass? How much is it again? Can you remind me? My- I read the it's, article, but I can't remember. You get a, a two-week free trial, and then it's ten ninety-five a month. Ten ninety five a month. Ten ninety five a month. There are That's more than one hundred Xbox One and Xbox hmm. three sixty games in the catalog, including Halo Five Guardians, Gears of War Ultimate Edition, Payday Two, Bioshock Infinite, and so many more. You don't stream the games, but instead you will download them. So you might want to consider investing in an external hard drive solution if you're planning to pick up a lot of games. So yeah, that's the big problem, right? Is mm-hmm. that these games are big files large large files so if you don't already have like an external hard drive hooked up to your xbox i mean i think it's definitely going to be a must if you want to take the most advantage of this program i think think that's a pretty great price oh it's it's really Really? good because you don't need xbox well you don't (laughs) almost 11 dollars a month Think about it. So you don't need Xbox Gold for one. And oh, two, you don't need well, you no, no, no. well, even so, it's $11 a month and you have the entire month to play whatever game it is. So if it's a massive game and you need then you have the entire month to play it. The thing is um is that the games come and go every month. So some games come, some games go. Right. So if so, it's you, like so if you don't finish a game within a month, like Witcher 3 or something, if that was even on there, you know, and you don't finish it, then you're kind of SOL. You're I don't know if you get to save. I don't know if your save data but is. But you will save 20% on purchases 
and yep. 10% on DLC. So let's say, for example, you want to download Bioshock Infinite and you want to get the DLC that came with that game because some of that DLC was pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. And you will save on it and you want to keep it permanently. You can buy it at a 20% discount, which if it if these games are full price, that's really not that cheap because you could pick up most of these games in like a used game bin mm-hmm. at your local yeah, game store, probably for much way cheaper. cheaper. But like, you got to think about the convenience factor. Yeah. Let's say you get a itch to play like Halo Reach or something, <laughs> you know? Whoa. And you're like, I really want to play that game tonight. I think it, I think it's a nice idea that they're providing a service. Clearly, they took some cues from what EA was doing with EA Access or PlayStation Now even as another subscription service. And I think there's still all of these publishers are still trying to figure out like what's the secret sauce is really going to get gamers excited about it. What's the right balance between offering a game, making a profit, being good to the agreements that they've made with the developers, right, who maybe own these games to say, well, we still owe them money for these games. And also, like, making sure that this is a service that isn't going to cost them money. So I think Mm -hmm. finding the right mix of all of those things is still, they're still working it out. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great value. I mean, you know, 10 to 11 bucks a month, you can play Halo 5 right now, you can play Gears of War, Payday, Bioshock Infinite, you can finish all of those games within a month if you have a lot of time. So instead of having to pay $60, I don't know how much they're going for. Nowadays, for each title, you just pay 11 bucks a month. And then you can say, all right, I'm done. I played it. Next. Yeah, I guess just coming off the Nintendo one where they're like, it's $4 a month. I'm like, $10. Oh, basically $11. Like, I'm like, what? Well, they, you're right. The Nintendo stuff's way older, so I guess it makes more sense. But um, And then I just for me, I'm like thinking, like, God, I have to pay another... Eleven. I'm calling it eleven dollars because fuck you. Ten ninety five or whatever is eleven dollars. <laughs> um, and, <Fuck> you. <laughs> and wow. it's marketing. It's marketing BS. I don't like it. Uh, and then I'm paying for gold. Probably like most people pay for gold. Um, so then it's just like I don't know. I'm I get irritated when I think about being nickel and dimed. That's probably not a great example of it, but. <laughs> Do you hear, like, I'm like, because then I'm like, God, and then if I wanted to go over on PlayStation, then you got PlayStation Plus you need to get now, and then if you want PlayStation now, that's more money, and then you got Nintendo over, I'm just like, I can't, I can't deal. It's too much. Rubber, rubber, rubber. I'm an old man on a rocking chair in front of my life. They've got farming, farming Simulator 15. Where's yeah, the pinata? Defense Grid 2. I Mad don't. Max. <laughs> NBA okay. 2K16. I don't Ollie use my Xbox. Saints Row Four. There's a, this is a pretty decent list, and then that doesn't even. That's just Xbox One games. Oh, oh, that's a bunch discount, of. There's a bunch of Xbox way. 360 games too. What are the, the 360 X- games? Well, I mean, you can see this. It's all of the Gears of War games. Gears of War, Gears of War Two, Three, Judgment. Gears of War. Um, it's got uh, Bioshock, Bioshock Two, Banjo and Kazooie. Oh, three games. Uh, Hold on, is Viva Pinata on this list? Oh, Steimer. That's Steimer. what I asked. <laughs> But I, heard, I mean, I already, I already own them. Yes, Viva Pinata and Viva Pinata. I, I, I own them. I movies. can just play them right now. <laughs> um, it's worth noting that the discount only applies to Xbox One games. Oh, really? Not a huge deal, but that yes. seems weird. Why oh, wouldn't you want it? What? Because I the older, know. no, I know you don't know, but I'm just like, but the older stuff seems like it would be way easier to discount because no. nobody really wants it anymore. Except for you and I who want Viva Pinata. 
I, I mean, I, for the yeah. record, it is nine ninety nine a month, ladies. So it oh. is a true ten dollars and ninety nine cents. Well, someone said ten ninety five. I no. did. I said ten. Well, with tax, it's probably eleven dollars. <laughs> Thank so, you, Alexa. Um, Thank you People for the who are listening or watching, let us know what you guys think. If you think this is a good value, if you are excited about this, if um, you're with Steimer and you're like, too much money, I don't want those games. Um, give us your thoughts. And that's going to wrap it up for our first segment. Thanks for sticking with us. We have some hands-on impressions about some games we've been playing. Coming up next, we'll be right back. back everybody it's time for some hands-on hands-on so um this week we're probably going to end up breaking this segment into two parts and running into the third segment because uh, i have a lot to say about my time with life is strange but we'll leave that for last let's start with you alexa ray you've been playing some fire emblem i i have i am maybe 15 16 hours into fire emblem echoes which is the Mm. new game for 3ds and I'm going to reserve making my final judgment call on it just yet because I've been playing a lot of other games and haven't really gotten to give it all of my attention. Um, but I really like it so far. It has sort of uh, shook up the formula from recent Fire Emblem <clears throat> games. It's not just uh, it's not just a bunch of small maps, and you can't you don't really have the freedom to pair off and choose which characters interact with which characters and get closer to who just yet. Hmm. Um, the maps are a lot bigger. It is a, uh, Echoes is a, uh, reimagining remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden, which is one of the old, old, old games. Um, the maps are a lot bigger. I have a lot more, uh, a lot more units to choose from. Um, there are now explorable dungeons. So when you're not on a map, uh, fighting your battles, you can now go into a dungeon and explore over the shoulder third person, uh, finding loot, fighting enemies Ooh. and collecting status buffs for your characters, which is really so cool. exciting. Yeah, Brittany, you're excited. <laughs> I have a copy waiting for you when you get here this weekend. Uh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. And so it's, it's a really, uh, it's a really interesting, uh, from the last two games, Fates and Awakening. It's a nice change of pace. I really like being able to run around in dungeons freely and not just move on a grid. So um, that's great. The story, however, hasn't hooked me yet. I don't care about anyone enough just yet to really to really uh, uh, feel any sort of emotional attachment to anyone or to their plight or to what's going on. Um, but maybe that will change later on. Uh, I don't really have any affinities. Haven't really found a husband yet. So... Mm. Maybe once I find him, things will get better. How many hours do you generally spend playing a single Fire Emblem game? Uh, so there were three different versions of Fire Emblem Fates, and I put about 30 hours into my first run of each game. So that was 90 hours. Awakening, I put 45 hours into. So you would probably feel comfortable saying you're anywhere from... 25 to 50% of the way through the game. I'm about 25% of the way in, yeah. So that seems like a pretty decent chunk to not get hooked by the characters yet. Yeah, right? I just don't. 
I just don't care about any of them yet. And it's not that they're not, um, it's not that they're not, you know, they're all varied and strange and have their own thing uh, going on. Most of them do anyway. Some of them feel very samey. Like you start, uh, there's two main characters, Alm and Celica. And Alm's little band of best friends are like four dudes that are very similar to each other. And then one girl that's just in love with him. And they're very boring and I don't care. Um, and then you have Celica, who has uh, her three friends that she's traveling with. And one is really shy. One is really sassy. And one is just like a really like a dude who's just tired of everyone's shit. And she meets like a like a, um, a you know, assassin along the way. And the people that she sort of picks up on her storyline are a little more varied and interesting, as are the classes that they play as. Um, you have more mages in her line than you do in Alm's line. Everyone kind of starts off with a knife, and then you maybe give this guy a bow and arrow or give this guy a lance. Um, but I'm not, I'm not really getting that sense of variedness. I don't have variation in my units on his side. But I don't – they have like a connection from childhood that I won't spoil here, but I just don't – care if they're together or not like they're like we need to find each other but also we're fighting on different sides of the war and it's like i don't okay alexa like i don't (laughs) do any of them have pots on their head and if not do you think that that's the issue (laughs) there are no pots on their head uh but a lot of them are wearing this weird shoulder pauldron uh, a lot of the guys have like a shoulder and like one guy boob thing, and all the women are wearing all the women are wearing that curvy boob armor. The like, oh, the, oh it's yeah, like molded around that. the boob. Yeah, that in real life would kill you because it would snap your breastbone like a twig if you ever got hit in the chest. Like they're all oh, yeah. wearing that crazy boob armor. <laughs> I guess I'm it just would. not. I'm not pulled into it yet. I don't know. We'll missing see. the potheads. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, maybe Brittany, when you start playing. Uh, when you start playing, we can have a discussion about it. You and I did play the same thing this week. We right? did. We did. Your request, Final Fantasy 15, Chapter 13, Verse 2. Right? Can you explain That's... what it is for those listening? Yes, please. Yeah, I can try. You know, it's been about six months since I've played Final Fantasy 15, so I'm a little rusty in all of the lore and terminology. But there is a point in Final Fantasy 15. Okay, this could, this could be spoiler heavy. I'll try not to. Make oh, it. I mean, okay. everyone knows about Chapter 13. So uh, I guess we will we'll say don't. then, if you have not finished Final Fantasy fifteen, oh, you no. intend to, and you don't want any story spoilers whatsoever, skip ahead. Okay, bye guys. Not that we're going, <laughs> we're not going to make this spoilery if we can avoid no, I it. Won't. But I can, I can there avoid might, it. Th- there might be. So just you've been warned, just in case. Well, I'll make this, this is what I get summer. for not playing this game yet. <laughs> Hello. So there's a point in. So I, first of all, for what it's worth, I didn't mind Chapter 13. I really, truly didn't. Alexa, did you, real quick, did you mind it? Uh, not for the first, like, two hours. <laughs> really? <laughs> See, it went so fast. I loved it. Anyway, uh, so there's a point in the game where all of your characters are split up. So Glad, Gladi, Gladi, Iggy are together. Noctis is separate, and Prompto is separate. So they're trying to find each other. And... Chapter 13 follows Noctis in his journey to reach something, but you don't really know what happened to Iggy and Gladdy during that segment, and that's what verse 2 focuses on. It's short. Mm-hmm. It's like 35 minutes. Does Iggy uh, Azalea make a appearance? Iggy Azalea. Iggy, God, no. Iggy. Uh, so, I Alexa, I know I'm you were a really big timer. fan. You were a fan of this, right? I thought it was okay. It didn't do a lot for me, though, but... 
it didn't do a lot for me either. So I, okay. I sat down, I sat down to play it sort of knowing that what verse two is, is sort of a piece of what Square Enix intends to add. Like if you noticed, uh, Chapter 13, verse 2, was added to the game in a special menu along with a survey asking players what they want to see the most added to the game as DLC in the future. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the options were like new playable characters like Luna Freya, please, God, please, um, and other side characters like um, uh, Iris and Aranea, or uh, new cutscenes showing what Luna was doing while Noctis was on his journey or what other characters were doing while the journey was happening or, you know, an extra level cap, new loot, whatever. And then under that was the chapter 13, verse 2. So that that I, is, a, is a piece of what they're, in, they're intending to add. Like they want to add more, add more side stories when you're not just following Noctis. And I went into that kind of uh, not expecting too much because I played episode Gladiolus right – I was late to the party on that. That came out in March. But I played that right before I played chapter 13, verse 2, knowing that chapter 13, verse 2 used – Gladio's gameplay from episode Gladiolus. So you played as him mm-hmm. and episode Gladiolus didn't really do it for me. I liked the idea of him having his own time with uh core, which is mm-hmm. one of the, one of the characters that was like a friend of Noctis's father. And I was expecting a lot going in is like, Oh, it happens. Episode Gladiolus Gladiolus takes place during a chunk of the game where Gladio leaves and you never know what he's doing during that time. So this is his thing. And I was expecting a little more story content. I was expecting something a little meatier. They used Gilgamesh, who's my favorite like tertiary character in the entire series, um, of the entire Final Fantasy series. But they used him in a weird way that I didn't really like. And I thought the gameplay was really watery. Um, and I didn't really get much out of it. And all it did was unlock time trials. So it's like a, mm. it's like a, a fit, an in-game fitness trial for you. Um, in chapter 13, verse 2, while I liked the idea of, you know, Ignis and Gladiolus out on their own together because I believe they're secretly lovers in my Final Fantasy headcanon. Really? Um, yeah, Have you talk about this later? Fiction yet? We'll, 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 we'll talk about it later. We will. But, yeah. but it didn't really do anything for me and it wasn't really special and it... And it, it it did have a couple of cutscenes that were really illuminating to the story mm-hmm. and what was happening while you mm-hmm. were playing as Noctis, but I didn't get enough from it. Maybe if it was a little meatier and maybe there was a little bit more, um, a little bit more oomph to that story, but I just didn't. I understand what they're trying to do, and I know what they want to do, and I know that like that's what fans want. They want those extra side stories, but I'm just like, you guys are putting it out there, but it's. I don't want to say they're half-assing it, but they're putting it out there and they're really missing they're really missing what made the parts of that game great, great. Right, I agree. And so one of my biggest gripes with Final Fantasy 15 was I feel like there was so much story that wasn't touched upon. And I feel like a lot of it was I don't want to say rushed because I love Final Fantasy 15 to pieces, but I feel like there are parts that were left out because of time constraints or who knows what. Um, and I feel like this is one of those segments that should have been tied in with the original story, probably mm-hmm. expanded upon a little bit. So for that, I'm grateful. I want to know what happened to a uh, redacted character because when you are playing as Noctis, you know, you do find a character and you're like, bro, what happened to you? And this does shed light upon that, which is important. Um so I think this is the best we're going to get in terms of side stories. There are these kind of random 30-minute DLC segments that probably were originally supposed to be included in the game, but now they're just kind of trickling out this way. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my thought on it. It was okay. Uh, it, anyway. was a, it, was a, it was okay. I just hope that, like, so we're supposedly 
getting the Prompto episode this month. Yes. So supposedly. supposedly they announced it as June. If you play through episode Gladi- episode Gladiolus, you get a little teaser at the end and it's all dramatic and shit. Is it um, going to be called Promptolius? <laughs> Samurai, I love you. Just I have nothing to add to this conversation, so I just have to make bad jokes. jokes. <laughs> You're the best. Um, I, I hope they put a little more heart into this one. Like episode Gladiolus was cool, but people play Final Fantasy games for their story they don't play it for the time trials so i i really hope that that's what they focus on with with this dlc i agree and i could talk about this a little more but i'm not sure if we need to move on with our lives you and i you and i i would like to stream episode episode prompt prompt with you what if that actually because my eyes have kind of glazed over i know a little bit andrea's over here just like checking out thinking about like I literally stared out the window for what a little bit wait? too, Andrea. So I hear you. I, know, I was like, like we did move especially on. when Alexa was like, "Gladiolus, Gladio, Gladiolus, Gladiola." Like, how many Ignis, times can you yeah, say "Gladiolus" in a sentence? I don't know. I will make you. it a drinking game. Christineolus. Well, Stimer, you've been you've been playing something kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just moved. So I just got my console set up. They don't have internet yet. I don't. I'm, like, halfway set up. I'm not fully set up. So, I'm, like, plus I'm running around. I have meetings all day. So, I was, like, well, what am I going to do? Brick goes, download an iPhone game. So, I said, okay. And I went to the iTunes store, and I was, like, what are the most popular games? And lo and behold, PewDiePie's Tuber Simulator was there. And I was, like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to download this. And you know what? It's not that bad. Yeah. (laughs) What is it? So essentially, it's a simulation game where you are a YouTuber and you have to create YouTube videos. And there's like a little trending meter that will tell you which types of videos will get you more views. And um, you'll basically have only three options to create. So like basically it's like make a video. It gives you three options of fake video titles. Um, and then, like, what type they are. So it's, like, beauty or humor or uh, there was, like, an occult symbol. It's like, is this a thing on YouTube? I don't know. Probably. Uh, and so you basically go through and pick out videos. You're trying to get views. You're trying to get subscribers. Um, there is a little bit of monetization with, like, rushing events or rushing deliveries on items that help you level up. But actually, I didn't think it was that bad. And I was easily able to, like, kind of go through that without being forced to pay or having anything um, weird happen. Like, I actually felt like it was decently balanced in that sense. It wasn't, like, a shitty free-to-play game where you're, like, immediately it's, like, and you're locked out. Like, give yeah. us money. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, I was enjoying my time with it. I was, like, all right. this is. It was basically, it's a good pacifier if you have nothing else to do. Yeah. You know? See, when you said tuber simulator... I thought you meant a potato. Potato? Like a tuber. That's like YouTubers, right? Yeah, it's YouTubers. Like a tuber that you eat. I tuber, tuba. that, yeah. Okay. Well, we could ask him to add that as DLC. I'm trying to a look tuber. up what the sales are for this game. <laughs> now I'm I, I think curious. it's very successful. It has, in the Google Play Store, it has 1.2 million reviews. That's a lot. Oh. Five stars. The rating is 4.8 to be precise. That is bananas. Damn. That's very yeah, bananas. I think, I think he's wow. making a decent, decent chunk 
Oh, cash. Almost like our iTunes reviews. Review us on iTunes. Yeah. There, yeah. there is a, a headline from Rolling Stone that says, PewDiePie's new game is proof we're all doomed. <laughs> that's, that's such... Talk about an over-exaggeration of a headline. But yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, wow, 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 wow. Well, hey, I think oh. it says something that it's not garbage. It's not. Um, there's actually a fun... Because... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, because even if it, even though he's wildly popular within his community and he has millions of diehard fans who would support him to the ends of the earth as evidenced by the things that he's gone through in the not too distant past, yep. um, I, I think that it's good that he's making a game that, you know, that isn't garbage. It says here uh, that it makes... Wait, no, that can't be sixty dollars in estimated daily revenue. That can't be sixty million, no. maybe. How much money do you think PewDiePie is making from this game? I mean, I don't uh, think he needs to make YouTube videos anymore. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I think um, the other thing that was actually fun—a fun addition to it was um, you could basically sort of gamble your views. Uh, so, in order to speed up time, so. I need an item for delivery. That item will help me level up. However, it takes 10 real-life minutes for that item to get there, right? Typical sort of free-to-play stuff. However, I can gamble. It depends on what level the item is. As, as you get higher-level items, it requires more views to play this game. But there's, a, like, a mini-game within it called... Oh, crap. It's like Puggle something. Like, it's his two pugs. He has two pugs mm. in real life. And so, basically... Is it called Plinko in Price is Right, where you, like, drop the... Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes down. The classic so, price is right Yeah, there. so it's basically Plinko, but or it's like Plinko slash Peggle, which is basically the same thing. But, um, That's a good but, combination. But with, oh, with the little Peggle. pug. Like, the little pug is, like, falling down, and if it falls into the food bowl, you get an extra bonus. It's just, like, That's I cute. actually really enjoyed it. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, yeah, let's just play this game all day. <laughs> well, good. Glad that worked out for you. I'm glad my yeah. suggestion was not for not. It was not not for not. Not for not. What about you, Miss um, Andrea? Well, um, I have been playing Life is Strange. So, oh boy, I you finished it, right? Yes, I finished okay. it. So, um, I heard good things about this game when it was re- originally released. I kind of dabbled in episode one and then kind of like abandoned it and never went back to it. And then, you know, I heard that Life is Strange 2 is coming out. And I was like, you know, I never played that game. I should probably play that game because uh, a lot of people said good things about it. And so I did. And I was like, whoa, this game is really intense in a way that I was not ready for. Yeah, so I went in really with like no expectations, didn't know what was going to happen, wasn't really sure of what the gameplay mechanics were. And I was really pleasantly surprised in a, in a number of ways and was came away from that experience going I really wish there were more games like this. Now, that said, there were a couple of narrative things and a couple of mechanical things that kind of, you know, rubbed me the wrong way, but overall, I thought that this was a really fantastic game and I think they did a great job and I'm I'm glad that they're making a sequel. Narratively, I don't know where they're going to go. Because it kind of felt like the story that they told concluded seemed very contained, very yeah. like yeah, it had a very much like a beginning, a middle, and then it was done. Not um, to mention the ending is very different 
depending oh, yeah. on how. Oh, yeah. So. Yes. Super yeah. divisive ending, which we we can talk a little bit about. So um, I'm going to try my best to keep it spoiler free. But oh, because it's so narrative heavy. It's been uh, like a year and a half. Just it's been almost. Yeah. Just talk about it. It's cl- yeah. getting close to two years. So Sorry, everybody. If you guys if you guys haven't played it, it is actually um, available. If you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, they just announced for the month of June. It is available for free. So if you are intrigued by this conversation and you own a PlayStation Plus account and you want to check it out, you can play it for free. Otherwise, it Do is it. available on all the other five? platforms as well. Or are they doing like a few yeah, of the episodes? Yeah, I believe all five. Oh, I believe nice all five them. episodes are available for free. Cool. Um, but we could double check that. So, um, so the game, uh, you play as a young woman, eighteen years old. Her name is Maxine Caulfield. She goes by Max. Uh, she is at a fancy schmancy art school. She is a photographer, and she always has her trusty Polaroid camera around. The Polaroid uh, mechanic in the game is something that. At first, I really cared about it, and then I stopped caring about it, like, by episode three. I was like, I don't know when I'm supposed to be taking photos when I'm not. So there's a bunch of achievements or trophies that are tied to taking specific photos within the world. And I think, you know, if I felt so inclined, I could go back for a second playthrough and go for all of those individual photos. But I thought it was a an interesting idea that in this kind of day and age, because it feels like it's meant to be, like, modern day. It didn't feel yeah. like it was yeah. like, in the past that somebody would choose a Polaroid as their photographic medium, especially when in the game she references like cameras that are worth thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Like she's like, oh, that girl has that camera that's like $6,000. Oh, that teacher has a camera that's like $20,000. But she's still using a Polaroid, which I thought was Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting choice. She's the original hipster. Yeah, she's very totally. (laughs) So she's at this school, and the idea is that she used to live in this town of Arcadia Bay, which is like Pacific Northwest. I think it's probably somewhere either in like I think it's Oregon. It is Oregon. Yeah, Yeah. it is Oregon. Yeah, Um, and she left Arcadia Bay to move to Seattle with her family, and then for some reason she went back to go to this school which they kind of left unexplained. They don't really talk about her parents. You get text messages from them every once in a while, but it's uh it's They're kind of shitty like parents. Unex- They're bad parents. Do you think they do you think they are? I mean, they and just I like ship their kid parent. off. All yeah, they do the is send text messages. Sh- yeah. But no, but shitty think about it. The game. Think of no, think about when you were 18. Yeah. My parents were, you were on my ass. Constantly checking in with your parents. I uh, wasn't. Yes. I was like trying to be independent. I was like I'm a I'm a like a fresh adult. Like I want to hang out with my friends. I'm busy with school. Like no. I don't I wouldn't call, immediately classify them as shitty parents. I was my not a fresh adult. Like, where my parents you? were on my butt until I was like 22. Yeah. I mean, my parents Alexa. were on my butt, but Same. it doesn't mean I was responding all the time. But we also didn't, I mean, maybe I speak as the resident old bitch of this group. <laughs> I didn't have text messages when my first yeah. year of college. No, actually, we I didn't got either. my first cell phone I when either. I was 18. We had pagers back then, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, no. Don't laugh at me, Britt. No. I see you in the There were pagers, but I didn't have one. <laughs> I wasn't cool enough to have a pager. a pager. I need a pager but, so I can experience what it's like. Anyway, go continue. No, don't go back to that era. Never pagers. <laughs> Never again. But I feel like if anyway, I was 18 um, and I was not at home, my mom would be calling me like every night. She'd be demanding to FaceTime with me. She'd be like, "We, I need to know what's happening with you. Where? And I, I'm coming to visit you. Like... 
every other weekend. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just have very interested parents, but they just seemed a little distant. And I was like, that's weird. I don't. I don't think that that's. No. I don't think that that's weird. I think. I think everybody's family is different, and your relationships and how you communicate with your family is different. Some people talk to their parents on like a daily basis. Some people talk to them multiple times a day. Some people talk to them once yep. a month. You know, I think. I think everybody's relationship is different. So that being said, I don't necessarily think her parents were bad parents, but they're a very minor part of this game. Yes. Um, you do have a cell phone. You do get text messages. That is like a small mechanic in the game. But basically, this game is uh, an adventure game. Um, you walk around. You check out stuff. You have conversations. You pick different conversation options, and that will dictate what happens in your playthrough of the game. I don't think it's as extensive as a conversation tree, which leads to narrative arcs, as what developer like telltale is doing for example mm. i did i did keep saying over and over again while i was playing this game man i wish telltale games played this good i yeah, love them a smooth yeah, yeah i love the narrative work that telltale does but they have some janky mechanics in their broken engine and All this game say, oh, go ahead, sorry was great no go ahead go ahead um I think Telltale is just better at the illusion of choice because actually I think ultimately at the end they both ended about the same, like as you would get in a Telltale game. That's Elaborate. That's fair. Because at the end of most Telltale games you kind of get a a branch. I mean, granted there's a little, like, like a smidgen more maybe with Telltale, but it's not, I don't think it was as much. Of a difference as you might think. That's uh, fair. I don't know what the all the branches are like behind the scenes. I'm sure I could look them up. I'm sure like for past games, somebody has worked out all the different branches that you can do in, in some of these games. But I felt like this game, like that the choices were more binary in the choices in Telltale games have multiple branches. Like it's not just like choose A or choose B. I feel like in Telltale games, you can choose A, B, C, or D, and all of those choices will have impact on the story. Whereas in Life is Strange, it was like, oh, you either do this thing or you do this thing, and that's it. Sure. So the choices in Life is Strange might have been a bit more binary, but there are a lot of choices that um, I feel like Life is Strange did a better job of hiding from you what choices are the big ones, like what are the ones mm-hmm. that will have the most impact on your story. Um I might get a tad spoilery in this just as just because it's the example off the top of my head. Um, there's one character. There's a boy who really likes Max, uh, and there are multiple. You have multiple interactions with him throughout all five episodes, and they're small. It's you either tell him where you're going or you don't. You you know take a ride from him or you don't. You're honest with him or you just feed him a story that he wants to hear. You spend time with him or you blow him off. You answer his text or you don't, and they're all very small. And at the in the last episode, it's uh, their their final moment together in the series, the final moment where you see them both together. And uh, depending on the options that you have that you have uh, presented to him or how you have treated him, your most intimate option for saying goodbye to him is a hug. Or depending on how nice you've been to him, your most intimate option is a kiss. And that option is not available to you if you don't if you haven't 
you know, followed this breadcrumb trail like throughout the whole series. There's a lot of small things. I, I remember at the end of these episodes, I would look at the the list of like you did X for Y and then the percentage of players that made the same decision or made the different decision. And there were a lot of decisions that I, I looked at and I was like, wait, I don't remember making that decision because there are small things that you can just completely skate over that actually have a very large impact. So I think that that um, for as much as I thought the narrative sort of fell apart in the last two episodes, um, they did a really good job making Max's story your actual player story. Like I remember playing, I reviewed, uh, I reviewed that game for GameSpot when I was there. And I just remember replaying episodes like three times to see as much as I could. And I would still end up with this mismatch outcome that wasn't as cut and dry as, okay, I took option A at point B. So right. I think they did a really good job with sort of weaving that web. Absolutely. And I think that what was so intriguing to me about this game is that they tackled so many really heavy subjects. Right. Um, and and from a narrative perspective, that stuff is really kind of scary sometimes to broach with your audience because it can be taken in so many different ways. I mean, we're talking about drug use, about abuse, um, suicide, uh, abuse, suicide, suicide uh, murder, domestic violence, um, you know, criminal activity, self-loathing, a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and then, of course, like... <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the not lot. only just like these really heavy topics. I mean, like, I mean, even assisted suicide uh, right. came up as a, as the a topic. The right to die. Like, all mm-hmm. of that stuff comes up. And then on top of that, you have this kind of like base of teenage angst. Like the the things that you go through as you're transitioning from being a teenager and into an adult that like stuff that begins at 16 and goes through like your early 20s. And, you know, for people that have been through that, which I think is probably the majority of people who are listening or watching this show. um, Like I remember there was a couple of scenes between Max and Chloe. So Chloe is, was her BFF from like her younger days in Arcadia Bay. And when she left Arcadia Bay, she kind of lost touch with Chloe. And then when she came back, uh, she and Chloe are kind of reunited and they rekindle this friendship that they had. And I think we all have had that one friend who we were super close with when we were young that we just kind of lost track of. And I th- I thought back to like the girl that I hung out with as a kid and how, well, I was like, well, man, like I had those moments with her. We mm-hmm. were so close. We said that stupid shit to each other that seems so silly and trite when you like mm-hmm. hear it as dialogue in a video game. But you're like, that's that's the way it was. Like that's the way you talk to your friends and the way you behave and the things mm-hmm. you do with each other. And, Hella. Um, it really kind of <laughs> struck me in a way that – I've never had a game do before. And that's why I thought it was super powerful. Yeah. It's really funny you say that because I had the same experience with you, Andrea. I went into the game not knowing anything about it. I heard a lot of good things about it. Um, and I fired it up. And it's the video game that I have most really... There's a better way to put this. But it's the game that I've resonated with the most. Every character in that story, through the first couple episodes, I knew them in high school. You know, I had... I knew the mean blonde girl. I knew the jocks. I knew the the poor loner nerd guy who was sitting under the tree, you know. And I resonated a lot with Max because I feel like Max is quiet. She kind of gets along with everyone. But at her core, she's kind of a loner. She has her one friend. And what I loved so much about Life is Strange is it sounds cheesy, but it almost allowed me to relive my high school years 
But I felt like I was able to guide Max and be like, this is how you want to live your life. You want to be true to yourself. You want to stand up for what's right. All these things that most people, not most, but some people may not have had the courage to do when they were in high school. So it was really cathartic. And I was just so surprised that this random game that I I knew nothing about is the game that clicked with me the most. I mean, I had the friend with the abusive stepfather. It's just, it was weird. It was almost eerie how much like it resembled my life back in the day. So it was just really cool for me. It was like, whoa, this is happening. I'm going to throw out my controversial opinion here, which is that Chloe is the worst friend of all time. I hate it. It's not controversial. She I is a bad friend. She's Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, because you are all talking about like how much you like this guy. I'm like this, but you do you like Chloe because I think she sucks. <laughs> no, I think she sucks too. But as someone who had a friend like that. You know, looking back on it, I'm like, okay, that was a really shitty friend to me. But at the time, you know, I feel like I want to do everything I can to do to help you. I know you have a shitty home life. I know nothing is going your way. Um, let me help you. So she's a shitty friend, but I feel like when you're that young, you might not quite have all of the adult experiences you need to mm-hmm. know that she's a shitty friend. Yeah, I think it was hard for me to go to go back to that mental state just because, like... Because I'm like, no, like, I've ha- I've done that. I've done this dance. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, sure. like, so when they were trying to get you to, like, connect with Chloe, for me, like, for me, the ending decision was, like, easy as pie. I was like, obviously, Aww. I'm going to do this other one. It took me zero seconds to figure it out um, because I just had zero attachment to Chloe. And so I think that's where they missed the mark for me was mm. they sh- should have maybe tried to make... Like, she didn't have to be a perfect friend, but, like, they should have maybe tried to make her a little better so that I might actually care about what happens to her. Yeah, so I think well, this is maybe will lead into some of the things that we ha- didn't like about, about this game. I-, I think the first three episodes were super solid. I think the narrative mm-hmm. pacing was ramped up in a way... Yeah that felt real, the drama felt real, the issues felt real, they didn't feel too over the top, and then episode four comes along, and it's like, shit hits the fan. Yeah. In a really kind of crazy way. They have this flashback sequence, this alternate reality, like if you go all the way back in time and you just change one little thing, it dramatically affects what happens in the future this idea of chaos theory and mm-hmm. how like one little ripple in the past makes these giant ripples in in the in the future and i was on board but then they threw that entire ripple away they're like but you can like completely wipe away this alternate reality yeah. and go back to the current reality but and but it got really dark really quickly yeah it became an episode of twin peaks like there's this giant segment in that last episode that's just like gobbledygook nonsense weirdness and you have to parse through a lot of the themes and the tropes and the ideas uh of what's happened in the series as a whole but it's so david lynchian it's like incomprehensible i just remember playing through that segment and being like when is this going to end this is this is this is a mess. I didn't get anything yeah. out of it. I don't understand what purpose this segment serves for Max's personal development because that whole game is about her personal development. She's either using her powers for good and, you know, failing or she's become this selfish monster depending on how you play her. Um and I just didn't get it. Like the the last episode was a, <laughs> was a giant a giant messy vehicle to get you to that final decision. 
So what was worse, Chapter Thirteen in Final Fantasy Fifteen or the stealth segment in Life is Strange? Oh no, the stealth oh segment God, in Life is Strange. I'm segment. really sorry. I'm really oh, sorry, but no. Oh God, that was but bad. No. That was a weird segment it, for sure. Yeah. It, I was playing it, going, "Why is this in here? This is a not. There's been nothing like this so far." And then it just felt yeah. so arbitrary, and you just had to spam the rewind button at a certain point because was there was nothing stressed. you could do. To yeah, actually, like, be stealthy through that whole segment, like, perfectly. Well, like, the thing that makes that game special is the way, and this kind of plays into what you were saying about Chloe's shitty behavior. What makes that game so special is its spot-on portrayal of young female intimacy. Like, when you're just becoming adult and you're figuring out who you are and you either have those have that safety net of those friends that have been with you forever or you're trying to make new friends. And in this case, it's Max coming back and trying to reca- reclaim Chloe but mm-hmm. Chloe has already claimed Rachel Amber. So depending on your conversations with her, you're either bonding with Chloe and doing what she wants you to do. Or Chloe is like, well, you left or, but I had Rachel. And right. the whole time I was playing, I just felt like I'm trying to please this girl who I cannot please because she replaced me. And that is the person that she has sort of, she found her, you know, her, her intimate female friendship with. And I can't come back and take it because I left. Um, and episodes four and five kind of, take all that away and throw it all out the window and you're dealing with weird stealth segments and, you know, crazy boys and all that other stuff. So I feel like as long as that game focused on that relationship aspect and your decisions reflecting your relationship with Chloe, um, that game stayed together. That's the more, so. the more grounded elements of it. And then I think mm-hmm. they did what a lot of video games do, which is decided to go a supernatural route or like, you know, like some Amy. sort of a weird thing. And to me, that's usually where games lose me. And I'm just like, okay, like whenever for, <laughs> this is a random tangent, but like whenever a supernatural creature comes into uncharted, I'm like, okay, mm. like, why this game it doesn't need that you know like i just feel like they're like throw it in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's fair um i don't want to get too much more into it because i really hope that if you haven't played the game and this conversation has maybe intrigued you that you definitely check it out like do it it was a really powerful narrative adventure game and i really hope to see you know, more experiences like this. And obviously they're making another one. So that's exciting. Um, They're not bringing Life is Strange 2 to E3 though. So we won't have any more details about Mm. that. But um, once we do find out more about what's coming in the sequel, we will, of course, bring that to you guys. My thing is, that's what you guys want. Sorry, go ahead. Vampire. Have you guys uh, heard of that one? V-A-M-P-Y-R. No, no, it's also working on that. That will be at E3. FYI. It's totally... 100% 100% different from okay. Life is Strange. But my so weird to everyone is yeah. do you want to see some sort of, like for Life is Strange 2, do you want Max back? Like Because for me, I'm like, no. I want them to take the same mechanics and have a total, whole different story. Like, go somewhere else. Do something different. Yeah, no. agreed. No Max. I thought Max was cool. She Her story was good. I'm happy to like let Max's story be done. Yeah. Okay, good. I just want to yeah, make sure agreed. we're all like, yeah. cool. Yeah. It yeah. needs to be about Rachel Amber because that was the big mystery of the first game. So, But if that's the prequel... Well, be the, yeah. Or or they could just completely go somewhere else, like leave Arcadia yeah, Bay. Exactly. I, I hope place. they leave Arcadia Bay. They can answer the Rachel Amber question in the prequel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our hands-on segment coming up in the next block. It's time to talk about pre-pre-E3. pre pre e 3 
Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <sighs> Welcome back. It is the third, and for this week will be the final segment of our show. During our break, we had a few technical hiccups, so we're just going to make this E3 wishlist segment our final segment for this week's show, because next week is our official pre-E3 show, where we will have a full preview of everything that is to come at the Electronic Entertainment Expo. 2017 and hopefully by next week's show we'll be able to announce the really awesome project that we're working on we have a fantastic partner that we are going to be doing some really fun content with at the show we can't say who it is yet but we will be there if you guys are going to be at e3 hopefully you can stop by and see us at our secret location which is actually not secret it's very public yeah we can't tell you you'll see us we can't tell you you'll see us before we see you yeah exactly True. So that said, ladies, <laughs> E3, um, mm. let's start by saying, when was your first E3? Steimer, when was your first E3? Um, I, it was actually, so my first job right out of college was working PR for Microsoft Game Studios. Um, and so that was my first E3. So shit, what year was that? All right. Um, I graduated yeah. college in 2007. And wow, ten years ago, <laughs> um, and I did not go to that reunion. Whoops! Uh, so it must have been the year after so two thousand eight, because I didn't go the first year because I I went home and then got the job in like the fall. So it must have been the year of two thousand eight was my first E three. Damn girl, two thousand eight was also my first E three. It'll be my tenth E three this year. Wow. That's, gross. that's so many E3s. Why is that gross? Because they took a badge of honor. It's a crazy amount of E3s. It's a lot. It's a good amount. Wow. That's a lot of BO. Well, how many have you been to? My first was in 2012 with Polygon. Uh, I've only been to E3 as straight up basic ass games editorial. So this is my first E3. I won't be like writing until 3 a.m. and hating myself. Yay! Yay! So. There's so much Welcome. more. I've done that before, I'll be hating Alexa. myself for something else. You what? I've done that before. My, for IGN. Oh, yeah. yeah. Similar thing. Or you're just like, well, my yeah. life is hell. So, this is- <laughs> <laughs> so it's my six- sixth. Math. I think. Brit? Okay. My first. Oh. E- oh, someone's saying something. Math is being had. I see Alexa counting fingers. Six. Six. My six. <laughs> uh, my first E3 was in 2010. I was blogging on the IGN blogs, uh, the community blogs. And through that, I yeah, met... Yeah, girl. Yeah, I met two guys, and we started a podcast called The Noob Kateers, which was hosted by vagary.tv. I still don't know what that means or where that word came from. Um, and that year, we were able to get in through Vagary's uh, credentials, 
Vagary had like 15 different podcasts underneath them or something crazy like that. So combined, we were able to get enough, and I volunteered to go. And that was my first E3, so this will be my seventh. Seven. I'm trying to count how many wow. I've been to. I haven't been to 10 E3s because uh, there were a couple years in the middle of it where I didn't go. So I think I've probably been to like seven or eight, but I don't know exactly how many. It's a lot. Brittany, I looked up I looked up Vagary for you. Is it still alive? An unexpected oh. and inexplicable change in a situation or in someone's behavior. And she looked up the actual definition of the word oh. vagary. Oh, that's, what vagary that's what the word means. Merriam Webster <laughs> defines vagary as <laughs> and and vagary <laughs> TV has a Twitter, a Facebook, and a podcast.com list, but I huh. don't Good for them. I oh yeah, that's the logo. That's the, that's funny. Yeah. Well, at least they're still around and kicking. Um, I've been on my huh. own credentials now. I think this will be my fourth or fifth. This will be my fifth E3 on my own creds. So I've been able to do yeah, all the shows you, boss lady. I try. It's fun. That's why I love E3. I make my own schedule, do my own thing. So when people are like, oh, E3 sucks. I'm like, no, it's fun. But when you're working for I know, someone. I saw your schedule. Good. Yeah, it's tough when you work at an editorial outlet and mm-hmm. you have back-to-back days um, of appointments because the weeks leading up to E3 are so much pre-production. And then the scheduling, um, I don't know if either of you um, at an outlet were in charge of scheduling, but I've had to run E3 schedules for teams before. And Bless you. To any editors or managing editors or EICs out there that have had to do it, I feel you... It is so much lot. work. It's you're basically buried in spreadsheets for like a month Fun. trying to manage it. But um then comes the first day of the expo uh comes but even before that the first press conferences and they all used to be on Monday yeah. until Bethesda's mm-hmm. like, Those were the we're days. Gonna be on Sunday and now <laughs> EA's like we're going to be on Saturday. And, I'm like, <laughs> and we're like please stop. No. But that stop. Monday would come and we would all caravan from starting with Xbox in the morning yep. and then you go to EA and Ubisoft and then you go to Sony always had like the best food trucks at the end of the day I when you're like so hungry. Trucks. The food trucks were uh, yeah, so Yeah, they don't do good. that anymore. Remember when um, Nintendo had press conferences at the Nokia Center? Oh, uh, yeah. yes. Those are fun. Exactly. Tuesday morning. That's the reason why the conference starts at noon on Tuesday instead of starting at 10 like it does every other day is because they used to Nintendo used to do their big stage presentation Tuesday morning but no more never again now and this year things are things are changing up it's really started in the last couple of years with you know EA and Activision both pulling out of the convention center Disney no longer doing video games so they don't have a booth space and really kind of changing up and this year's the first year that Xbox that I can in, at least in my memory is not in the West Hall they're oh, no longer no. going to be side by side with PlayStation. The blue be weird. green walls, those images you see every E3. Yeah. Not going to happen this year because no. they are in a completely different part of the convention center. And they're in the era. South Hall this year. Ah. Yeah. It's uh, a yeah. PlayStation and Nintendo now, isn't it? Next to each other in that expo? Yeah, I think PlayStation kind of absorbed the space that <laughs> Xbox used to be in, and now they're like, we are all of the West Hall. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of space. That is a lot of space. Yeah. Well, well, they have a lot of stuff. stuff show, they so do. They also have a lot of space left surprising. in that hall because EA's gone too. Although it wasn't EA in the EA was in, in the, the South Hall. hall. Yeah. They had the yeah they had the front and center position in the South Hall. EA yeah. had the cush, like, most cushy carpet ever in their booth. Oh yes, yeah. and for mm-hmm. some for some somehow they were managed to pipe in 
beautiful air conditioning into all of their little demo rooms. Yeah. Look at us um, talking about getting actually pretty cold. <laughs> Back in the day when <laughs> yeah, Nintendo had press conferences. Is that FIFA money, it's yo? Is that, that FIFA, FIFA money? money. Yeah, FIFA money. <laughs> Hope so, you're having fun, Peter Moore, with your soccer. Oh, we miss Peter. Peter Moore's wonderful. He, seems he was like such one of my favorite man. people to interview. Really, really charming. Very, dude. very passionate. Very um, much a part of the community. I really enjoyed all the d- opportunities I had to work with him. But... Um, this has been nice taking a little trip down memory lane, but this year has got some exciting stuff happen, and I want to kind of hear what you ladies are, you know, excited about. So, Alexa, you're right next to me. Why don't we start with you? Tell me, what's like one of the things you're most looking forward to seeing at the C3? It can either be something that's been announced and you know is going to be there, or it can be like, ooh, I'm really hoping this thing comes. So do you want the the happy answer or the anguish-soaked <laughs> both answer? Start with happy, uh, yeah, go to yeah. anguish. Which Obviously one do you want both. first? Yeah. Okay. Let's I'll go. S- let's go happy. No, let's go anguish first, and oh. then we'll end okay, with happy. That's, do that's you really? Better. Do you want me to, to roll out my my yes. Kingdom Hearts tiny violin oh, right now? Oh, oh, Should have been. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, for those of you not paying attention at home, Square Enix recently announced that the Final Fantasy VII remake in Kingdom Hearts 3 would be available for you to play on your home console of choice in three years or Or so. so. Or so. (laughs) We're all going to be dead. We're all going to be dead. Yeah, no, we're all going to be dead. And that's in Square Enix time. (laughs) That's three years of Square Enix time. (laughs) Global warming will take over. Three years of Square Enix time is basically ten years. Yeah. Three years Pretty is much. ten years. Trump will be out of office before we get Kingdom Hearts, and that really upsets me. So, I, uh, I, 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 I know they said that the game itself is not coming out for like the next three years or whatever. But every year or or so, actually, no, I'm lying. Not every year they've released a tidbit. Sometimes they don't give a shit, but a screenshot like five months later. Um, I think the last we heard anything substantial about this game was two years D23. ago. D twenty three was it D twenty when they announced the Big Hero Six World, and then they didn't show anything at all. And then also a Keyblade was unlocked for Disney Infinity. Rip in peace. Um, Rip in peace. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I know it's three years out or so, but I'm hoping against hope that maybe there's something in Sony's press conference, maybe like a trailer, maybe a reveal, maybe they tweet a screenshot. I don't know. I'm it's just going to be a logo, girl. And, or a logo. And at this point, it's just like every year E3 comes around and I'm like, I mean, as the girl who literally wrote the book on Kingdom Hearts, all I can hope for. You can order it on Amazon.com. Amazon.com, BossFightBooks.com, coming July, I believe. Um, so all I can hope for is just like, give me a crumb. Give me something. Because 13-year-old Alexa, who played that game for the first time those many years ago is now a cranky adult with all the money that can buy <laughs> and is throwing it at you but that, you're not giving her the thing she wants <laughs> right you can have my money just please give it so like i'm really hoping for some kingdom hearts uh i at this point i'm not really expecting much but if something happens i will literally like jump out of whatever seat i'm sitting in and just roll on the ground and probably ugly sob so <laughs> They've and already you're done be the with HD me. collection, so they yeah, can't really but... do much, much more. They had the 2.8 final chapter prologue and then the 1.5 plus 2.5 collection. What the fuck? I'm so impressed that you remembered all that. That's Girl, a lot of numbers. Do you know how many times <laughs> I read those pre-orders? Oh, man. Back in the day. 1.5, 2.5. 
give me a little give me a little kingdom hearts kingdom hearts hd 2.8 final chapter prologue god they could give me another freaking spinoff and i will eat that shit up because (laughs) i am bought in and i am a sucker So that's what I hope for. And then what I'm hoping to see that maybe is probably has a better chance of being shown. Um, earlier this year, they had a Nintendo Direct uh, specifically for Fire Emblem games. And they Echoes. They're doing a Fire Emblem Dynasty Warriors spinoff. And I hate Dynasty Warriors mm-hmm. games, but I will totally play it because it's Fire Emblem. Um, and then a new Fire Emblem game for the Nintendo Switch, which I'm really excited about. So I'm hoping we see more of Fire Emblem Switch and maybe get a little hands on. That'd be really nice. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah cool. How many fire emblems That's does it take thing. to make Alexa happy? I mean, it's the husbandos question. <laughs> Ooh. The husbandos Ooh. question. That's how many a good question. Does it take to make me happy? We haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> like how many licks? It's insatiable. What about you, Steimer? So the thing that I would love and will never get, and I'm aware that I will never get this, uh, is the new Viva Pinata. Ah. But I know that that's not happening. And I don't, because, especially because Rare is working on their pirate game. But the thing that I want Steve to see Steve. more of is Crackdown. Because I loved the original Crackdown. Crackdown 2 was kind of like, mm, to me, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't like feel as strongly about it as I did Crackdown 1. Uh, but I'm hoping they capture a little of that magic again for 3. And I just want to see the game at this point. I feel like it's been a long time and I feel like Crackdown is not that complicated of a game. It's like you run around and you shoot stuff and buildings now can fall down, which is cool. So yeah, you crack down. You crack down, ah, baby. Ah, and good, good. I want to play with you guys because multiplayer is fun. Um, so that's just what I'm, I'm also just kind of hoping that Xbox like steps it up a little bit because I feel like... I don't have a reason to play my Xbox, and that makes me sad, because I used to play my 360 all the time. I played that way more than Same. my PlayStation, and at this point, I'm just like, I just feel like they've got they've gotten stale. Like the only things that have really come out, um, with the exception of what Quantum Break, there's like a couple, but they didn't kind of do that well. Um, and now I, I just don't really play anything on it. You know, it's kind of it makes me sad. Makes me sad. And yeah, now I just I play think, my PlayStation. Uh, no, you're totally right. I think Xbox has the most to... I, I, I don't want to say they have the most to lose because, I mean, they're doing fine. But, I mean, they're behind, right? Yeah. Like, um, they're behind in, in global sales uh, to the PlayStation 4 this generation. Uh, they clearly are behind in partner titles. Um, people yeah. are playing on PlayStation 4. Um, and I am with you. I lived on my 360 i never turned on my ps3 yeah and this generation Mm -hmm. has been the complete opposite and i really love what they did with the xbox one s i thought that they really came out strong last year with their hardware and said hey we're gonna bring this new slim box it does you know hdr it, it does 4k it does all these other things and you can buy it this August. Like I thought that that was a really big win for them. And now they have Scorpio. Yeah, I think that was the weird year. part to me last year was that they were like, here's the Xbox S. And I was like, this is cool. I might buy it. And then they're like, but next year's Scorpio. And I was like, wait, why wouldn't I just wait right. for Scorpio? It was kind of a weird well, announcement to me. Scorpio will probably be a lot well, more I, expensive. So from a price true, point. True. One billion dollars. <laughs> One billion. <laughs> I don't know how much more expensive it's going to be i think obviously you know they tweeted out like a photo of the engineer with like the the cpu chip or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys saw that Ooh, they're yeah like, they're Just like look at the, the powerful processor Science. of the scorpio 
Um, and obviously, just a photo doesn't really mean much. I'm sure we're going to get the full specs, uh, you know, at E3. How many teraflops? Um, wait, what? How many teraflops? <laughs> all of, all of the teraflops. Tell me about the teraflops. <laughs> but um, I, I think for your typical Xbox gamer, they don't care how many teraflops it has. People that care about teraflops play on PC. Are also um, giant nerds, too. So yeah. whatever. Also, it so sounds I, like a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> the teraflop. Yeah. <laughs> Teraflopdosaurus. <laughs> but you never know, Steimer. There might be a Viva Pinata. I don't like, think there won't be Viva Pinata, but I'm future. hoping they have something because they feel they've just been canceling a bunch of stuff. Like Scalebound, which seemed it yeah, didn't those, seem it didn't seem like bummers, it was gonna be yeah. fantastic, but it seemed fun enough. And then for them to just throw in the towel immediately, I was I was pretty bummed about that. So I need them to yeah. announce some games that seem interesting and not just generic shooters. And I need them to stick with it and actually develop them. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the key. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Stop <laughs> announcing things at conferences and then canceling Ship them two days games. later. That's the ultimate goal. <laughs> two days. Two years. I'm two years. Ship them. <laughs> yeah. Make a video game. Put it in my disc. In yeah. order to sell uh, a video game, you must first make said video game. <laughs> True. That's very true. Is, is there anything else that you are looking forward to specifically from Xbox? I mean, is there I, something that let, let me put it to this way to you. You said that you're not playing your Xbox one. Right. What game does Xbox need to show at E3 this year to make you go to dust off the Xbox one or to put in your pre-order for a Scorpio? What's that game? This would never happen, but fable. Oh, that's, oh, oh, yeah, right? That's dead. Oh, Another canceled game. Dead. I know. Rip in peace. <laughs> uh, this is the world's saddest podcast. <laughs> you know a, a game that I was disappointed that, well, because I feel like it had so much potential was ReCore. Did any of you guys play that? I did play part yeah. of it. I had fun mm-hmm. for a while and then thought it got kind of boring. I like the premise. I yeah. think there's a lot of story there that they could have touched on and explored, but the gameplay to me was a little too repetitive, and I didn't like the... Uh, the style that you have to collect all of the things before you can proceed forward in other areas would unlock. Because I, I played it for maybe a few hours. I'm like, hey, this is a really cool concept. And then it just didn't deliver. And then they try to like sell another like Game of the Year edition or something. I don't yeah. even know. That was a hot My mess. other problem, Britt, did you – like it was too brown. Like It was really ugly. It was a really ugly game. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> like a banana that's been too out brown. too long. It was, yeah. well, I mean, it was just a desert. <laughs> yeah. And it, they didn't really have any variety in the environments. Like, you were either in a metal container. So Gears of War. Yeah. It had potential. Worse. It just honestly, worse than Gears of War. Brown Gears of War. <laughs> Gears of War can't get any more I brown. I was going to say, that's brown. like the brownest game there is. Brown of War. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh, uh, a war ultimate brown edition. Okay, so um, when I hopefully will run into <laughs> Phil Spencer, oh I'll be like, Phil, Fable, please. Hello, fable. please, yes. Fable, but not like Fable three, like Fable two, N- not like Fable, fable three, three though. Yeah. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers, Dimer. Uh, yes, again, take the Fable <laughs> you will get. Um, okay, so uh, there's a lot of things that I'm personally looking forward to seeing Addy three. But one of the ones that I am most looking forward to, so I'll do what Alexa did here. My thing that I want to see, I hope to see, and the thing that I know is coming that I'm excited to, to like hopefully get some hands-on time with. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I am really excited to hear about that I'm hoping is going to be announced at E3 is this new 
massive RPG that Bioware Edmonton is working on that mm-hmm. they have not talked about. So they've been working on it for a few years now. Um, EA has been kind of mum about it. We got like that one like minute teaser like three or four years ago now. Um, don't know what it is. No. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be bigger than Andromeda, like substantially so. Uh, it's supposed to be sci-fi. Uh, and RPG. Those these are all words that I like. <laughs> I love I love Bioware. I like what they make. We know that Dragon Age is in the work, but I really don't believe that that's we're gonna. I do, I, I do not believe we're gonna see anything about that. <laughs> I don't even think we're gonna see a teaser about it. Is that no? I don't. Is the Bioware game you're talking about the one with the online component that they've talked about? Or am I thinking of something completely different? The AR the, game mm-hmm. that they scrapped? Mm-hmm. No, I thought I had read. I'll have to look it up. Carry on. Yeah. My thing so with the, the bigger name Dylan, you see, Carry I feel on. like you here's what's happening with with like games in general at this point is they're going it's bigger, it's bigger. Like, but I think that the big the the bigness of it is uh, <laughs> if they're going wide and they're not going deep, and that sounds dirty, right. but it's not. Oh. And I hope that it <laughs> makes it sense is. because like you can have a giant world, great. Is it's, there anything the to do in it? The is large, but it's shallow. Right. You want something I would rather have it be smaller. <laughs> God, this sounds so bad, but I'm not even going to say it. You're taking it there, Simon. It doesn't have yeah, to sound I, this way. I didn't hear what you, really? what you think you're saying. So. All right. Yeah. Well, apparently in my mind, it's Maybe just Maybe it's the hand dirty. gestures that you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> waddly Okay, so this is where I pull this from. This is a article written on Polygon, uh, January 31st of this year. And the author is Allegra. And she said, EA CEO Andrew Wilson teased details about the game, which is being worked on by members of the Mass Effect franchise. The game will have an online component of some kind, encouraging players to interact in a completely new setting. So that's where I was pulling that from. Okay. Well, I mean, mean, I think it's probably anything that the next thing the Bioware is working on will have an online component. Mm -hmm. I feel like all games these days have some kind of online component. Right. Um, but um, yeah. I want to see. I want. I want another awesome RPG. I know that there's lots of JRPGs that you ladies are probably pretty excited about, but that's not my particular brand of RPG. I, we're gonna get you. I mean, <laughs> we're gonna get you. <laughs> we're gonna worry. get we'll you. Play some stuff together. We got you. But JRPGs. So I'm excited to see what they're working on. I think you know, like obviously EA has come forward and said that they're going to show Battlefront two. They're going to show Need for Speed, which I'm excited about. Like the last time we saw Need for Speed, it was weird. It was like all terrain vehicles and all kinds of other stuff. Oh, that's right. And I'm like, it was that FMV game. Yeah, it was like all that concept footage, conceptual gameplay was like the thing of that year's E3. Everything was conceptual gameplay, and I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. This doesn't feel like Need for Speed, but clearly the franchise needs a little breath of fresh air. Um, but I really like, you know, want to see a great RPG. So that said, that's what I'm hoping to see. The thing that I know is going to be at E3, well, I guess technically I don't know, but I had to assume because it's coming out in October now, October 10th, is Shadow of War. Mm. So yes. I loved Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. Uh, did I get that name right? Or was it just... Alexis yeah, is like, I, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I always add like an S or something. There. Oh my god. Ugh. I hate it. It's just a long title. Shadow. Right? Shadow. Oh, shadow. Just shadow. 
Yeah. How dare you they? have to hyphen Middle Earth, everybody. <laughs> Take notes down. Whenever you write Middle, Middle Earth, there will hyphen. be a quiz later. Lowercase e Earth. <laughs> or when you're spelling out Lower PlayStation, e. capital P, capital S. Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. capital S though? Okay. Oh, yeah. Just checking. Just checking. Oh, yeah. I was, oh, I was testing you. <laughs> um, so this game, uh, I saw it for the first time at GDC earlier this year. Um, I got to ha- have a nice chat with Michael DePlatter, who MDP. is the creative lead on this game. His official title is what again? Do you he's, the cre- he's the creative director. Creative director. Yeah. Um, at Monolith, the studio that made the first one, uh, published by Warner Brothers. And they gave us this beautiful, like, 30-minute presentation inside a movie theater at GDC, the Game Developers Conference. And I was, like, drooling. I was like, yes, I want it. Take my money. Throw money at the screen. (laughs) So they did a really fantastic thing with the first game. If you guys never played it, they really made this innovative uh, gameplay mechanic called the Nemesis System. (laughs) Essentially, the idea is that you find and fight these various enemies throughout the world and they remember that they fought you they remember how they fought you if you defeated them if they defeated you and that will dictate your interaction with them uh going forward in the world and that was that was a a really unique concept something Mm -hmm. that we hadn't seen in video games before and they obviously won a bunch of awards for it very many um and it's back. It's better than ever. They've added a bunch of new gameplay mechanics. They've I feel like they've almost added too many mechanics. Mm. Mm. Did you, either of you, any of you ladies, not you, but any of the other <laughs> ladies, because um, I know that you've seen it. Um, did either of you two like see it or did you read previews? I've or seen the trailers, but that's all I've seen. I'm so I saw, with like, I saw their gameplay. It was a, was it a trailer like the long thing where they kind of overviewed all the systems? Yeah, they did like a little walkthrough. Yeah, yeah I saw that. So essentially, what what they said is that so they're bringing in uh, so the tower the t- the fortress mechanics existed in the previous game, but they've ramped them up in this. So essentially, you have to take down these bosses that oversee these fortresses, and in order to do that, you have to kind of take out their henchmen first. You have to scout the fortresses you have to figure out your way in you have to kind of figure out like do i want to stealth it do i want to go guns blazing do i want to go in with my henchman by my side to take yes. out his henchman um th- that kind of thing they've really ramped up all of the different mechanics involved with that and then once you take the fortress over you can then use that as like a base building resource so if you now own that fortress you can use that fortress to like give you bonus stats in other areas of the game and so certain fortresses will have certain stats like this one fortress by the sea will give you x stats in this category and this fortress over here in the mountains will give you stats in a different category um and i thought that that was a really cool mechanic it almost brings like an rts kind of vibe Mm, into an action adventure game um and i thought that that was really cool but i think it might be too much to manage some of the Ubisoft games also do this where you overtake a fortress and then you kind of have to manage it. But then if you don't manage it properly, then the enemy can take it back. Yeah. If, that, as long as they don't do that, I think it'll be fine. That No, that's a thing. Nah. That's a thing, though, in this game. You Undo. have to make sure Control you leave Z. somebody... <laughs> you have to leave an orc in charge that's powerful enough to defend it. Gotta watch so those orcs. Yeah, so that's part of the mechanic as well. Yeah, but, that might be annoying. Um, I really am looking forward to seeing more of this game because as much as I really enjoyed my time with the first one, I didn't stick around in 100% like you did, Steimer, because I felt like 
it was a really repetitive after a certain point. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I was just like, like in the that mood criticism. for it. Yeah, so I mean, but like, what what kept drawing you to it to want to hundred percent it? I have no idea. It was one of those unexplicable things where you're like, or inexplicable, I think is the word. Uh, you just like, you just get sucked in, and that very rarely happens for me. Um, and I actually, and I don't really like Assassin's Creed games, and which is sort of assess. It was sort of Assassin's Creedy, a sort of Batmany too. Um, it was very Assassin's Creedy. It was a good mashup of yeah. those two, of mm-hmm. Batman and Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm like. Yes, and even though I'm not a, a huge Lord of the Rings fan, I mean, I, I read The Hobbit, but I actually have not read the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, Come on, girl. What? Come on. Oh, I know. No, she she's she's I, not into fantasy lit. Didn't we talk about books last no, week? No, I am into, I'm very much into fantasy. And like I said, I love The well, Hobbit. Well, then, I was trying to give you an out, Stimer. Girl, I was throwing you a lifeline to be like, yeah, I'm not, you're but now you're like, I am, but friend. now I have to shame it's you. just something, I don't know why I didn't read it. I read The Hobbit and then didn't move on to the other books, which is stupid. I don't know why. Um, but I do like, are in I do like, trilogy. um, high fantasy games in general so that's what the so the setting drew me and i i enjoyed it um and then yeah i was just looking for stuff to do so i decided to go through and do all the challenges which i'm not that gamer i don't do challenges i hate challenges in video games i think they're stupid um but i did them why i don't know <laughs> i just did <laughs> like, it was really weird it was like let's see that one red dead Viva Pinata, Persona. These are the games I've 100%ed. <laughs> it's a good game. This is weird, just weird mishmash of things where I just get like a weird. It's like I'm possessed. Yeah, wild hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, I have to, I just need to keep playing this. And then I finish okay. it all. And then I could put it down. That's go fine. Away. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's cool. So um, those are a couple things. Obviously, there's plenty more, I'm sure, that. Uh, we all are interested in. Um, do you guys want to like, kind of like rapid fire some stuff? Well, Brittany, you, you're a big Dying Light fan, so you're. I mean, it's okay, Andrea. You can skip over me. I won't be. Yeah, about Brittany her. didn't say anything. It's that's fine. Segway- Wait, it's fine. <laughs> Did I skip you? Yes, that's why I went to segue into. <laughs> no, Alexa, you can just tell me. <laughs> We're not that professional. Like, it's okay. <laughs> you can just be like, woman. I didn't want to interrupt. Skip <laughs> Brittany. I didn't want to interrupt. Anyway, we don't care. I know it's <laughs> okay. Care? I know you're just gonna say that you want to talk about Harvest Moon, so that's fine. That's a good one. Talk no. about Harvest Moon. Okay, let me tell you about farming. Uh, no, but I'm actually the one to end on because this E3 is really weird for me because almost all of my favorite franchises have released games in the past six months or so. So Final Fantasy came out, uh, Final Fantasy 15, Breath of the Wild came out, Story of Seasons came out, Resident Evil 7 came out, Mass Effect came out. So I'm kind of in a weird spot this year where I'm like, DLC for those franchises? Eh. Um, but yeah, Alexa, so Dying Light, I would love to see something related to the Dying Light um, franchise. It's a open world survival horror action adventure game and it's co-op, which is what makes it so much fun. A uh, huge map to discover things and craft and kill zombies. And it's just really, really, really fun to play with people. So if you haven't done that or check that game out, you should totally do it. Um, other than that, I'm just kind of like DLC for Resident Evil. Maybe that's been delayed. Maybe we'll hear something on it. I And yeah, it's weird. This is a very weird E3 for me. 
because everything I've wanted Aww. is out. I mean, it's already out and playable, and I've played Your it. Your wishes have been fulfilled. They have, and I'm very excited. The one thing that I would like to see that will never happen, um, it might happen. I give it like an 8% chance, is uh, Dark Cloud 3. That's something. Ah, mm. uh, yes. An yeah. 8%. Yeah, it's like a dead-ass franchise, but it's so good. It is so good, and I don't know why it's dead-ass. The last one came out in 2003, I think, for PlayStation 2, uh, developed by Level 5. And I'm a fan of it, but my grandma is, like, the biggest Dark Cloud fan ever. She's actually, like, I think Level 5's biggest fan. She loves Nino Kuni. I love that your grandmother keeps coming up every week. Oh, shit. Nino Kuni, too. Yeah, um, I was just yeah. thinking of Nino. That's Kuni. at E3 too. That's going to be there. Oh man. Yeah. Forgot uh, about so that. So yeah. Thing. So for if I could like predict or not predict, if I could make one game manifest at E3 just for my grandma's sake, it would be Dark Cloud because every time I see her, hey, is Dark Cloud three coming out? Have you heard anything about Dark Cloud three? She can't say Nino Kuni, so she's like, is Kuni Nino two out yet? Oh, so it's that's good. That's cute. But yeah, that's my short and sweet E3 2017 want want list wish list. Yeah. That's not. That's not bad. Not bad. I, it does, uh, I'm looking up Dark Cloud here. I guess they said that they would have more information in 2015, but we never. Yeah. Oops. We never got it. Yeah. Welp. That was yeah. a few years ago. <laughs> it was a few years ago. Persona it's 5 terrible. coming out fall 2014. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway. That happens. Video games. Well, it's uh, a solid wish list from all of us. Yeah. Solid oh, I also want to see um, more from. It's not, a, it's not a new announcement, but the. Sony game at the press conference last year that was oh god what's Sony Bend what was the name Days of the, Gone Days yeah Gone. Days Gone like I want them to show me how that is different than other zombie games because I just feel like there's a well, lot I can tell you what the developers told me in my oh, please do doors preview last year yeah <laughs> please do so I got to see an extended gameplay demo of Days Gone at the Sony booth last year and I asked this exact question. Like, I was like, because I was not having any of it. I was, like, so jaded. I was like, another fucking zombie game? Right. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like, especially since Sony and Naughty Dog had such incredible success with The Last of Us. And now we know that The Last of Us 2 is being developed. I don't yep. think we're going to see anything about it at E3. Maybe, yeah, it might like, be a little early. Maybe, like, a 30-second teaser at most. But I really don't think we're going to see anything because... At PSX, there the the team at Naughty Dog was like, it's so far away. Don't get your hopes up. It's really far away, um, and they're promoting you know Lost Legacy. But so what they told me was that what makes their zombie game unique, and hopefully they're <laughs> going to expand upon this at this E3, um, was that you can use the zombies as a herd. And that's a mechanic in the game. So there are going to be certain things that you can do to use this zombie herd and kind of use them as a weapon, so to speak. So let's say like, so in the demo that they had last year, you saw this guy riding on his motorcycle and he's at this like little farmhouse and then this herd comes in and there's like a counter, right? He's, uh, he has to kill all of the zombies. So the, in the behind closed doors demo, they told me in order to, pro- to progress in the game beyond that encounter, you have to kill Every single zombie in that herd. What? Like they all have to die. Okay. That just doesn't seem fun. Uh, that seems tedious. I was like, how will you? How do you even do that? Not only is it tedious, but like, I guess an enterprising gamer would go, "That's a puzzle. I can solve it." No, and yeah. and I say that seems like a lot of work in a game where zombies normally a zombie mechanic. You, it's like a, a escape or fight, but yes. like, I don't have to kill right. them all. And so I said, I said, okay, well, that's interesting. And I was like, well, why, 
why is that necessary? And he's like, well, you have to wipe out the herd because if you don't, then it'll have repercussions for the camp that you're working with. And so there are points in the game where you have to like, you know, kind of shepherd the herd of zombies to like an enemy camp and then it'll take the camp out for you. And I'm like, but then you just have more zombies. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. (laughs) I mean, obviously this was, this was the first time they showed the game. There was, they're still working on a lot of things. I have to imagine at that point, that was a year ago. They're still like, you know, figuring it out. They don't want to be too, Um, too harsh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. We obviously we don't know when this game is coming. We don't know what it's going to look like in its final form. I just know that the zombie category is very oversaturated. Yeah, and in order to do it well, especially <clears throat> when you're going up against Naughty Dog in mm-hmm. on on the same console, it's kind of like, well, the bar's real high. <laughs> yeah. So good, good luck. luck. To you. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Hmm. Man. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, I don't know. No, that's interesting. What, if you were had a had something else to say about Days Gone, but you said no, you that's were actually excited, or you're like I could give two Fs. It, it was more of like I'm just curious. I just exactly wanted to know what you asked, which is I want that I wanted them to show me why it was different because from that preview, I was like, cool, another zombie game, and also the guy at the end of that trailer is totally dead because there's no way he could kill all of those zombies. You would run out of bullets. You would. Unless you can use the environment in some way and you can yeah. shoot a tree down that will barrel roll and just murder it. I don't know. Like, there's just... <laughs> I don't that, see that's, probably what it's, that's probably what it's going to be. If you have to destroy every single zombie in her... Now, I, I've thought many times about the zombie apocalypse, apocalypse and how I'm going to survive. Um, so, you know, yeah, you do use certain things to your advantage. You can knock down a tree. You can lure them all into a house and uh, blow it up with your handy rocket launcher. Uh, but, yeah... It, Oh, I'm just kind of torn. I don't want to get on a huge zombie tangent, but that's one of the things I love about Dying Light, that even though it is a co-op and even though it is like, oh, zombies raw, it is a very ominous and it does have a really good story behind it. And it is freaky. Like, it's a creepy game and it takes the zombie thing and it takes it seriously, but not so seriously where it's like a laughing stock. But it sounds like Mm. if you have to kill every single fucking zombie in a herd, that's just going to be not if, when I think of zombie games, I'm thinking like survival horror, not like I have to destroy every zombie. I'm gonna go hold right. up in Costco and survive, not try to kill everyone. So I'm a little a, a little concerning, but like you said, Andrea, it was a year ago, so we'll hear more. Yeah, maybe they changed. Yeah. Maybe they were like, oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> we'll yeah. change that. Oh well. Okay, I'm done. She's done. I'm done. Drop the mic. We're all done. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Bye forever. Well, listen, we. We will have plenty more to say about other games, other hardware, other things that are coming to E3 in our official pre-E3 show, which we will all be here in the studio recording together. Yeah. It's very exciting. Everyone's coming to San Francisco, so we'll be in one room. Um, and we'll talk more about what Nintendo's bringing, what Sony and Xbox are bringing, what the PC gaming show might bring us, and, of course, software, software, software. So uh, thank you, everybody, to tuning in this week. Again, if you are not part of our community we would love you to be we are online in many places patreon.com slash what's good games facebook.com slash what's good games twitter we are what's good underscore games we're on instagram at what's good games official 
YouTube. Of course, whatsgoodgains.com, our YouTube channel where maybe you're watching this video right now. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, if you guys are listening to this on iTunes or Google Play or another podcast service, you know, we would love it if you could take the time to give us a review. Those ratings on those services really help us out and we would be incredibly appreciative if you could do that for us. So thank you so much for everyone for tuning in and we will, you know, bring you lots more content all E3 all the time uh, next week. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good night. Good day.